Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 219 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a pivotal principal technologist and developer advocate, conference speaker, and published author focusing on software development for the Internet of Things and the cloud. He has worked with key players in both the public and private sector across multiple industries to develop critical capabilities on time and on budget. He is also a frequent open source contributor, as well as curator of a developer-focused blog. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Mark Heckler. Well, thank you very much for having me here. So Mark, that was pretty much a very high-level introduction. Could you perhaps fill in some of the gaps and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, currently, in terms of languages, I work mostly with Java and Kotlin, uh, depending on the task at hand, project requirements and or constraints, things I want to showcase, what have you. I live in the St. Louis, Missouri area, kind of central U.S., where I met my wife at the university several years ago. <laughs> That's where we landed. We've talked about moving for ages, but St. Louis is, again, kind of centrally located within the U.S. And frankly, I spend quite a lot of time flying about North America and worldwide anyway, so the location doesn't matter as much. So we're still here. Um, St. Louis <laughs> is a nice city with a lot of things a larger city would have, but less congestion. So it, it kind of just works for us. Mark, can you perhaps share with us um, a career tip, uh, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Well, I don't know that it's necessarily they aren't aware of it, but maybe, I guess, a way of looking at it. I always kind of go back to my core of uh, embrace, but don't accept your own inadequacy. And what I mean by that is that as developers, no matter how much we know or how good we are, based upon the rate of general technological advancement and introduction, we actually lose ground every day, which can be exhilarating, right? Because there's always something new and cool on the horizon. Or it can be frustrating in the extreme. Uh, It can either spur you onward with great energy and enthusiasm or drive you to accept a less challenging opportunity or even get out of the field entirely. You kind of need to decide early on or now if you're well along in your career, whether or not to embrace those feelings of inadequacy and relish the opportunities that our field constantly provides to learn new things, constantly growing and polishing personally and professionally. That said, uh, I always am kind of careful when I kind of throw that out because please don't mistake this as a suggestion to run harder, work longer, neglect your family, your health, or any of those terrible things because balance is absolutely critical. But once you understand that this is a crazy fast-paced field overall, it can actually empower you to focus, to be more selective about things that truly matter and hone or expand those ideas while ignoring the noise. Paradoxically, recognizing your inadequacy to keep up with everything can kind of help you keep up or even lead in areas that matter to your industry, your company, and to you personally as well. Right. So in in terms of obviously identifying those sort of shortcomings in yourself, what do you do? How do you you deal with that? I'm still learning. I'm still trying to, to work on balance. Balance is, for me personally, one of the toughest things, but I try to focus. And, and within that, I mean, we're all kind of tasked 
in our ever growing, ever more complex world with knowing more things, but you can't know everything about everything. So I try to have a very good general understanding of a lot of, you know, cover a lot of ground and then drive a couple tap roots, right? So things that you feel are very central to to your role, to your, your position, what your role is in a project, what your contribution is to that project or product, and really, really develop a deep well of expertise in that and soak up as much as you can about that while ignoring a lot of the other things, unless they kind of come into those orbits and then maybe start once you've developed that, that strong baseline, then, then build out from there. But otherwise you, you kind of wind up chasing and I personally have been down this path so many times and I catch myself and I pull myself back, but you kind of wind up chasing a lot of different things that take you in a lot of different directions. And that's just a, a path to failure and frustration. Yes. Do, do you ever sort of identify maybe individuals or um, resources that potentially could help you in the future if you don't necessarily know a particular subject area? Uh, sources by, you mean like books, things to read or, or people? It could be, yeah. could be people, resources, could be books, I suppose, videos, whatever it might be. It's, I, I think... Yeah, that's and that's so tough. That's one of the things that I'm I'm constantly asking other people as well to to try to improve my approach. But what I try to do is just kind of fly at that high level. So you you kind of keep aware of the flow of tech industry headlines. Yes, and with from that headline that mass of headlines, you can extract kind of themes that roll through that, that that kind of take the forefront. And it's not that you should always concentrate on things because there's a lot of talk about them, but typically there's a lot of talk about things because they are kind of at the forefront of everyone's thoughts and uh, their their plans and their their migration strategies and things like that. So so when you see or hear things that are bubbling to the top consistently, that may be something that you kind of put at the top of your list. And that's what I try to do. I kind of generalize in terms of the data flow coming in and then filter based on what kind of bubbles to the top. And I also kind of typically, you mentioned, you know, maybe people or, or books or resources. I also try to seek out folks in the industry who always tend to have a pretty good radar in that regard. So kind of leaders in the developer community or, or leaders in the tech journalism community who have a pretty good finger on the pulse, maybe. And it's not that that is a slam dunk if they suggest or recommend something or talk about something extensively, but it does tend to give it perhaps better weight or more weight in my in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Okay, lovely. So Mark, can you tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, my worst career moment led directly to my best career moment, okay. but, uh, but it felt pretty terrible at the time. Uh, let me back up a bit because I had been a developer for a number of years before I gave my first actual presentation. And for several years, I did both. I was primarily a developer while putting in sometimes a lot of extra hours to prepare material for presentations and sessions that I, I shared with small communities locally or, or eventually larger communities uh, kind of spread out. Uh, so I was kind of an ex officio advocate on top of my my day job, my normal job. And finally, a, a colleague of mine asked me if I'd like to make it official and become a developer advocate in name as, as well as deed. And this wasn't just any advocacy position. I was a Java evangelist, something I was super, super excited about. And things were great for several months until... <laughs> until the day after a bad quarterly earnings report. Uh, and at that point, an executive decided to dissolve my team and fired us all without notice. Right. Uh, so as 
as you might imagine, I was I was crushed. I enjoyed what I did. I I was on a great team, great people, and there was still so much to do. Yeah. So I left with this kind of weird feeling of unfinished business, and to me that kind of tears me up. But I learned really quickly that just because an old guard tech titan is having trouble seeing the whiteboard, it doesn't mean everyone is. Because within very short order, I was contacted and several of my teammates as well were contacted by several companies with vision, actual viable products and strategies. <laughs> and that quickly led me to my best career moment so far, which is accepting my current position. So it all worked out pretty well, I guess, for starting off so disastrously. Indeed. So you've sort of answered my next question anyway. I was going to ask you about your, your career highlight and presumably that is it. Yeah, you know, I am grateful to have been able to either contribute to or lead the development of some really interesting applications and systems over the years. But after such an unexpected setback, as we just discussed, I, I feel like the highlight of my career is right now and, and only getting better because with Pivotal and soon to be VMware, I'm part of an amazing team developing industry leading open source develop, developer tools and platforms, and working with some of the defining companies on the planet to help them deliver mission-critical software to production. Yep. Our customers and community have a lot of deep expertise, and yet the Spring community is also very welcoming to newcomers, and that's kind of a rare combination. And for me, I get to, to both write code every day and advocate and share with our amazing community all around the world. So for me, I couldn't ask for a better fit between what I want to do and what I can do well and what I do on behalf of my company and the developer community. So, you know, just knowing that I played some role, admittedly a very small one really, is part of an incredibly large extended team spread across my company, a customer organization, and our community in order to field great software that people really around the world depend on on a daily basis for me, it doesn't get much better than that. Sure. We may well come back to that, I think, in a little bit. But um, sure. before that, could you perhaps tell us what excites you about the future of the industry and careers in IT in particular? Yeah, you know, I think about this a lot, but I think it all boils down to the fact that we have a voice in our field. We have input into what gets made and how. I don't want to overstate this because there are others with input too, but nearly everything of any import in the world today has a system component to it already. And that will only increase over time. Many other career fields don't have that same level of contribution to creating and guiding the future of humanity. Steve Jobs had his problems to be sure, but I'm a, a computing history buff. So I kind of read up a lot about early days of computing as well as, you know, kind of, the, I, I always say that if, if you're a history nut of any kind, it's a fun, you know, kind of hobby, obsession, passion, whatever. But as a computing history buff, you know, we have records, historical records, all the way to the point of origin. You can't say that about uh, most other topics within history. Yeah. So it's really cool to have that source material to go, you know, draw from and even have much of it cataloged and available online or be able to go visit it and see it uh, live. But anyway, getting back to Steve Jobs, you know, I think a couple of his quotes apply to our field particularly well. Uh, when he was trying to lure John Scully to Apple from PepsiCo, which actually is one of those problems I mentioned earlier, Jobs said this, do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Yes. Or do you want to come with me and change the world? And, and of course, his famous, more succinct statement that we're here to put a dent in the universe. And, and I'm not saying that every job or career path in IT results in a world-changing contribution, but nearly everyone could, which I think is pretty special. 
Yep, it is very much so. So everybody has an opportunity, don't they, to to make a difference? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Uh, well, as ready as I can be, I guess. Okay. <laughs> so what first attracted you to a career in IT? Oh, that's easy. Programming. Uh, the ability to envision something you want to happen and being able to instruct a machine to make it happen fascinated me and, and drew me in like a magnet. And to be honest, it still does. It still kind of feels like magic. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? Uh, that's tough. I, I've received a lot, good and bad. Uh, probably be teachable. Uh, never assume that you know it all or that there isn't a better way. And maybe slightly more difficult, what is the worst career advice you've ever received? I think it's to do what others aren't willing to do, which is actually a sound principle. You know, find gaps and fill them. But you have to be really judicious in its application. Uh, otherwise, you wind up doing a lot of really crazy stuff that aren't you know, things that aren't really even in a productive path. So that's something that I think is is based in sound advice that can lead to disaster if applied indiscriminately. Indeed. So sort of evaluating the situation before you do it. Right. Yeah. Don't don't just do blindly. Uh, think about it. And then if it makes sense, if it really helps, uh, helps the cause, so to speak, by all means, jump in if others aren't willing to. But, but don't just blindly do. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is probably uh, good advice in any realm. But <laughs> If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? Uh, as a junior developer, probably focus more on what I can contribute to and learn from a project than how much it pays. I think most of us do this to varying degrees, but it took me a while in my early career to, to fully embrace that. Long-term personal and professional development toward your future goal is a much better long-term investment than a larger short-term paycheck. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? I'm going to be writing a solo book. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah, I fended off several offers and requests to do that over the years, although I've co-authored and contributed content and code to several others. But I really feel I need to write this book, so I guess I'm going to. Better late than, than never, I guess. <laughs> are you able to share with us what it's likely to be about, maybe just generally? At a general level, it's a book on Spring Boot. I think there's some some things there. There are a couple of or two or three really good books out there about Spring Boot, but I think you know everybody has their different take on key points, primary points, secondary points, and I feel like there are a lot of things that I want to say that haven't really been said the way I want to say them. So I, I felt like there was this this gap. Not to take anything away from the books on the market because they're by friends of mine who are who are awesome and and the books are solid as well. I just feel like I can contribute to that. It's an area that I feel like is a, a gap that I can fill. So I'm going to try to hop in and fill it. Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Oh, so many. Um, the understanding <laughs> of economics and finance I got in my MBA studies is probably a close second, but very likely at the top of the list is really just getting along with other people. Uh, be yeah. kind, be considerate, play well together, share the toys, <laughs> all those things. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? I think most important is to never lose the wonderment of what's new, what's possible, what may be possible if we really work toward making it so. I, I think the possibilities more than anything else just keep me energized. And I, th I like this question, probably one of my favorites anyway. Um, what do you do in your spare time away from technology? 
every chance I get, and I do travel a lot, as you are well aware. Yep. Uh, everything I do in my off time is is kind of centered around playing around here at home, which I happen to be home at this very second, which is kind of unusual, kind of cool. Uh, but I like to spend time with my wife and kids, play chess, play the occasional video game. Does that count as away from technology? Yeah, I, I think I, so. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll give you that one. <laughs> and, and watch the occasional obsession-worthy series on various streaming video platforms. Uh, just finished Game of Thrones not that long ago. I was far behind. I finally caught up, finished it, and and now I'm on other things. So yeah, it's kind of nice to fill in the, the gaps. Uh, sometimes it's just some, some kind of calm down, scale down activities. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Mark, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? I think more than anything, it's just to cultivate within yourself a love of learning, to find enjoyment and excitement in learning something, even something small every day. Uh, if you only learn one new thing a day, even if it's something small, that's 365 new things in a year's time, which is more than most others do. And if you take care of yourself and your family as well, then it's a win all the way around. I, th I think it doesn't get any better than that. Constantly investing in your own knowledge, constantly investing in you and your family and those who are important to you. And, you know, everything else I think kind of falls into place once you build that central foundation, that core. Yep. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? The best way to connect with me is always forever on Twitter, as I basically live there. <laughs> uh, if you can follow me at MKHEC. Uh, it's at M-K-H-E-C-K. -E and keep up to the minute with what I'm working on, what I'm reading, what I'm writing. Uh, email works too, mark at theheckler's.com. But Twitter's best. That's, again, kind of where, where I live. That's my home away from home or home at home when I'm occasionally there. <laughs> Right. Excellent. Mark, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, Phil, thanks for interviewing me. Thanks to everyone who's listening and best to everyone in their career journeys. A quick thank you again to my guest on today's show for sharing their career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. Now that there are three new episodes of the show every week, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out. And don't forget to join the new IT Career Energizer Community Group in Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would be great to hear from you and to learn about your own career journey, your successes, opinions and thoughts on the future of the industry. Thanks for supporting the show. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.